0: Welcome to episode 363 of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best selling book called We Don't Die A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today we are actually doing a live video episode. If you are listening to this somewhere on your favorite podcast channel and you'd rather see the interview, For the video of the interview, you can go over to YouTube and just type in We Don't Die Radio 363. Now, just a reminder, our home base is wedontdie.com, where now you can find over 400 episodes about the afterlife. Between this show, We Don't Die Radio, and my new show on iHeartRadio called Shades of the Afterlife. Now, what makes the two shows different? Well, this show, no commercial breaks, and we just get to spend some quality time with our guests. Whereas the other show, we have different topics and lots of things all within one conversation. So they're different, but they're both great. I say that. Also at we don't wedontdie.com, you can find details to our free Sunday gathering, a very inspirational service along with a medium demonstration. We also have weekly classes, psychic classes, medium classes, so much more mediumship demonstrations and also you know it's rare that we can find people that speak our language and believe in the afterlife and can talk openly about this. We have a wonderful Facebook group so if you go to wedontdie.com just click on some of the tabs on the top and you'll find out more. Today on the show we have Belinda Silbert who is an opera singer, student rabbi, teacher and she's South Africa's best known clairvoyant medium. She made herself a household name with her television programs, Making Contact, and Your Date with Destiny. Belinda, like myself, has dealt with a lot of skeptics, but she's passionate about sharing the truth of the afterlife and delivering hope and everything she does. She does with a smile, with authenticity, and integrity. You can find out more about her at her website, belindasilbert.co.za. Belinda, a warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio.
1: Thank you so much. I'm incredibly excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you. You reached out to me a couple months ago and we were able to make it work for today. And you are coming to us from another side of the world on East Coast, United States, and you're Cape Town, South Africa. The southernmost tip,
1: a very, very beautiful part of the world with the amazing Table Mountain, and exceptional energy spiritually.
0: Oh, how nice. How nice. Well, we're super grateful you're here. How does your story begin? How does a nice gal like you get involved with something like this? Will you take take us back to maybe finding out if you always believed in this stuff or how it all happened for you? Sure.
1: Well, it's a strange one because I come from what I term a family of Jewish academic traditional atheists. So here I was, this changeling, this strange child. In other words, I'm the only one who is like this. And I had no guide. I had no mentor. It was pretty strange being very little and seeing things that other people didn't see. I had this little friend in the park who had passed away, who I used to go and play with. And for me, this was completely and utterly normal. So it was only when I was about four, that I discovered that other people didn't see colors around those um, just walking in in the street, that if somebody was coughing or sneezing, that nobody else was aware there were dots and dashes and strange shapes around them. So it was then that I became aware that there was this thing called the aura. Before that, everything seemed normal to me. So I've never known what it is not to hear or see. Wow. As with so many people, there's always a trigger. And I am, or I am very, very aware that the passing of my own father when I was 18 months old could have been this trigger that has shaped my life in
0: such a significant way. So then as you grew up, did you was there ever a time where you kept your mouth shut and then eventually you felt obviously you had to share?
1: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, already being uh, quite unusual because of my other, my other interests and not uh, being part of kind of the uh, cool crowd because I was a classical pianist and a uh, dancer, et cetera, When I manifested these other abilities, I I definitely stopped speaking about it. However, when I became a teen, as most teens will do, one realizes that if you have something different, you can kind of capitalize on it a bit. And this is when I took up spoon bending, and there was not one dog fork that my mother possessed for the dog food. (laughs) that was not bent. And my one party trick, since I do not touch a drop of alcohol, was um, controlling um, the boys who'd drunk a little bit more with my mind. They say, do this one, do that one. So that was about as naughty as I got using my powers. And I was never able to completely stop myself from saying who I saw with a certain person. From a very young age, I was aware that certain people were going to pass over, and I thought first this was a curse. When I mentioned to my mother that I was very scared of a certain lady and then later um, another man um, because they were going to die, of course this was um, not (laughs) taken very well, but I used to sense a certain smell and see a particular light around somebody when they were going to pass on um, within about two weeks. And, of course, this happened. So my family became aware that there was already this particular strangeness. I also used to get quite terrified when there were beings in the room that that were not such nice ones, and I used to scream, and my mother used to say, you're dreaming with your eyes open. So it was frustrating because, of course, I had to tell what I was seeing, but nobody else was seeing it. And with maturity, I realized that I have a dual vocation. Of course, I just wanted to sing, love my opera, and I just wanted to strut my stuff on the stage. But from age four, I knew that I wanted to be a rabbi and that I had two ministries. The one was spiritual and the other one was musical. And providing people with evidence of survival after death is truly my ministry. This is the ability I've been given. And I feel that it is of more importance or greater importance than ever before when there's such an atmosphere of hopelessness in the world where we're gripped by this chaotic energy of COVID. And people who have never dealt with loss have had to look and stare it straight in the face. To know that this is not there, all there is, is incredibly comforting. And for me, it has always been a reality. So I love to share that reality with others.
0: Was there a time, Belinda, where you really wanted to just sing, but it just kept knocking on your door that you're supposed to help people? Did you have any um, maybe first medium readings that you did that you just said, you know what, I have to share this? Stories? Are always yes, good.
1: Absolutely. There were there was a man who came to me for a reading once, and it was obviously nobody that I knew. And I said to him, I have to bring a little girl forward. She calls you uncle, although you are not her uncle. And she's been trying to get in touch with her parents and to say, Daddy, it was not your fault. These people may be watching, even though this is probably about 30 years ago, so I'm going to just be very careful. I never um, ever betray anybody's confidence. But this little girl had somehow organized the entire session in order to bring her parents to me. And this resulted in them coming to me, and the child managed to relay her message to give evidence of her Um, survival and although she was still very very small this helped her father to carry on because he was guilt-ridden about the accident and he understood that she was continuing with her life what's so interesting about children is when they pass they appear to have a choice about whether to grow up on the other side or to you know because none of us are really baby souls, we've all had past incarnations, or to portray themselves as any other age. And this little girl had family members on the other side who were there. And over the years, I actually saw her as I tuned in, grow up to womanhood. And that was quite beautiful. And there have been many cases that are similar to this. And there have been some moments which have been um, quite astounding in which the other side have made sure that people have been protected I was sitting in my apartment um, about a decade ago when a lady came in and she was sitting very nicely and I said it's lovely to meet you unfortunately your great auntie won't say the name said you had better go home right now because your son is making a chlorine bomb with his friend from next door well, she departed, and this was exactly what had happened at that moment. So, spirit are protecting us, and they are also there to act in a position of incredible compassion. Because if it does happen that we need to be shepherded to the other side, they do this with such kindness. And what I've discovered after so many decades of working with people who have passed on and their families is that there's no one experience that is identical so your experience of passing is tailor-made but there are always those who you love whether you knew them in this lifetime or whether they um knew you because they had not yet you know you had not yet been born they're always there to help you over in a gentle way and in a way that's going to make it an easy transition, that understanding that you have now passed into the other world. There is, you know, spirit is not just one dimension. When I speak of spirit, I speak of spirit as a collective. So that incorporates all of your ancestors, your guides, um, the angelic realm. There are so many dimensions. And uh, this is what really, really, Inspires me because you never know who's going to be stepping into your space. And this, what we're doing now, is absolutely phenomenal because there is no space, there is no time. And cyberspace is exactly what's almost the closest thing that we have to communicating with the next world because for them, it makes no difference whether we're sitting in the same room or not. Right. They show up because there is no space
0: between us. It's amazing. You know, so many people who have a hard time grasping it. And I I get it. Subtitled my book is a skeptic's discovery of life after death. It's hard for our human minds to get around the bigger picture. And I don't think we're meant to. But when science and the whole quantum world can look at what we're made of, I mean, all we are made of is vibrating energy to go out to the vastness of the universe it's ever expanding they say there's a thousand stars like our sun for every grain of sand on planet earth i mean it's mind-blowing but it's real so i know energy can live at the same place at the same time i'm here as well as the internet signal and whatever else is floating around and our loved ones can be too I wanted to ask you because you had mentioned guilt. I know we have people watching or listening right now who are having a real tough time with the passing of a loved one, that they could have done something different. They should have said something. I know there's parents that have kids in the spirit world that think, "I, I should have done this. Do you have any advice for those that are stricken with guilt, Belinda?
1: I would say that the guilt is a misplaced emotion. It's a part of the grief process. And often, you know, there's, it's an anger that is turned within. There is, unless somebody has literally murdered somebody with their own two hands, they are not guilty. We do not understand the entire picture, because we don't have a helicopter view like God has. If we were to go higher and higher, we'd actually see the pattern and how it all fits together. As human beings, we cannot find the reason. And as a human, I'm one with those parents. As one who is in touch with the spiritual dimension, I understand that there is a greater pattern. And if we were to be able to see the panorama of it all, we would understand, but that we cannot do. So we can't magically remove that guilt, but to know that There is nothing further that you could have done. Your love for those children is already proof of that, what I would would call it, a fact. Talking about um, facts that are not facts, I just have to share with you, Sandra, as I'm speaking to you, a little bit humorous thing. Do you know that you were one of the main food tasters for one of the Caesars? Uh, in your past incarnation, and um, so you were very fortunate. Most of the time you had all these fine dining experiences, but there was one moment where somebody who obviously did not want that Caesar to survive put poison in his food, and that was one of your points of departure. So as I was looking at you, there's so many thousands of lives that you've lived, and yet that one has got – some kind of influence over this incarnation right here and right now. And it's going to make you very aware of particular tastes and your likes and your dislikes, and also an absolute um, loathing for betrayal. You love loyal people and you give people a chance. You so much want to give people a chance, but if someone betrays you, that is the absolute anathema. That is the worst um, thing. So I just had to, I had to tell you that you were um in a position of um great deal of power in more than one lifetime. But that well, thank
0: you for that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. I will ponder that afterwards. <laughs> well, obviously you've made a huge impact around the world, especially in South Africa. What started happening that all of a sudden you were interviewed so much and then you you got your own television programs
1: right so you know this um true synchronicity absolutely exists besides what we put out to the universe what needs to happen somehow falls into place and the synchronicity was there i was appearing on a platform doing platform work mm-hmm. as a a um medium i don't know If um, some of the viewers are familiar with that, but literally one stands on the stage and you tune into so many, a whole lot of people at once. We see how many loved ones have arrived and we talk talk to them. So it's basically not a one on one situation, but it was kind of a more formal spiritual platform work session, not an, it wasn't really um, a popular type of um, TV setup, but sitting in the audience was a TV producer, director. And he saw me and and he decided that was it. And this was not my intention. I had a tiny baby at the time and I'd moved to Cape Town and I wanted to get my singing, you know, up and running again. And suddenly this is what happened. And it was the first show of its kind in South Africa. So, of course, there was a great deal of controversy Thereafter, I followed up with a stage show at which I was almost assassinated by Christian fundamentalists. So there were a lot of firsts, but more than anything, it was a time when people at last opened up to what they had never known. South Africa has been a place historically that has been very, very narrow-minded since we had to come out of, we've had a renaissance After the apartheid era, this country's had to go through a lot of healing. So it wasn't such a, it it hasn't been an accepted subject, a medium, a medium with a stage show. Oh, my goodness. And yet there were people who'd never believed in their lives, who walked out of there absolutely convinced. And from then on, my life was completely changed as was theirs because um, my path was set. This is what I needed to share. That I wrote my book, a survival kit for the hereafter, after the TV show. But it was I, I, th- I kind of I've never thought about um, my my TV um, work as um, entertainment. It's kind of it's it's spiritual. It's 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 therapy. So my so even that show. Um, making contact was a one-on-one sessions with people. What well, is difficult, but when you're doing um, uh, TV and there's something particularly dramatic that you have to say is that when it's a, a national broadcaster afterwards, they chop out those dramatic moments for legal purposes. So there were, there were some extra dramatic uh, moments that weren't shown, but in every single one of those sessions, people's lives changed. And yes, there was a lot of... Re- Relief and release of guilt, and there were also some murders um, that were solved. So, no. yeah. So there's there there's always an undertext. You know, people pass over in so many ways, and one doesn't want to seek one doesn't seek out um, the most dramatic cases, as it were. But what every single one of these interactions about is about bringing about healing. And knowing sometimes that additional info that that sitter needs to have, in order to at last release what they've been holding on to. You know, grief isn't linear. And you and I, I believe you're a real grief specialist. And I say to people, throw away the books. Now I'm going to say, go read Sandras books, but the psychotherapy books about grief don't work. I have counseled literally thousands of people over the many decades that I've been doing this work. I don't want to give away my age, but let's say it's many decades. <laughs> uh, so I've been doing working professionally in this field probably for at least thirty over 30 years. And um, I've seen that uh, you don't have, oh, this is stage, hang on, am I in the stage of anger? No, um, I have is the it, is it acceptance. It doesn't work like that. And this is why, When someone comes into the session, I throw myself open to spirit. I want to meet them exactly where they are, and I want to help them to communicate with their loved ones too. So I often I do give courses to help people to develop their own psychic abilities and their own mediumship. But what I always tell people in their sessions is, you can communicate. They're there acknowledge them, speak to them. And then I give tools where one can actually enter into the dream space because they can only come so far, your loved ones. And you can only go so far because otherwise you will be in their realm. And that has been a very, very useful and very easy tool to teach people so that they can start communicating in the dream state. And therein lies some comfort. The comfort I cannot give people is to hand their loved ones back but evidential mediumship can do that. I also, um, especially with those who are very skeptical, pre-pandemic when we're, we're seeing people face-to-face, I've worked a lot with dowsing rods to show them this is where your loved one is standing. I Then hand them the rods and they suddenly can actually feel. They can feel exactly where their loved ones are. And I say feeling is believing. So there's, there's a, there are so many tools available to us as evidential mediums and um, whether we work with direct trance, uh, one of my um, earliest experiences was, um, well, not one of my earliest experiences, but my professional ones was when I sat in a circle when I was 20 and found out um, that I am a trance medium. Suddenly this entity called tichi. Uh, arrived and gave tons and tons of um, explanations and knowledge but um, I as things are right now I do trance mediumship very very selectively because I am an epileptic and all of my psychic work goes straight through my temporal lobe so this is my machinery so I can feel it and a trance state is um, similar to a seizure state but I do do the trance so um I have experienced that. I have experienced physical mediumship. I've experienced um ports where things from the other side can appear and of course, as many of us have experienced our loved ones move our move things in our homes. I'm sure you've mm-hmm. had pictures falling and things coins that show up things yeah exactly and and keys that disappear just when you need them so um all these little things um, are amazing because we start seeing how spirit takes part in our day-to-day lives.
0: That's right. And we'll you, participate. Wait, sorry to interrupt. When you mentioned the Dreamstat estate, could you just give us a little tip or two? There's those that will certainly follow up with you and find out more, but for those that are just would love to plant the seed that maybe a loved one comes through in a dream, would you talk more about that?
1: Absolutely. So, The most wonderful thing to do is if you have treasured memories to meet that person, to say, I'm going to meet you at um, under that tree at our park, on that bench, whatever it is, whether it's on the beach, something the two of you, a place the two of you absolutely loved. So that already focuses. We have a common kind. We have a GPS. With me, everything is a GPS. When I'm tuning to spirit, I'm getting um, where they are in time and space. When you're here, I'm, I'm kind of get attuned to your GPS. So the, so everybody then knows, okay, we're going to meet there. That's halfway. I can go that far and you can go that far. Um, when people ha- can't think of a place, I say, okay, let's say a train station. That's a midway point. That one works often. A hotel. My late grandmother, when I meet her in the dream state, it's always in this hotel. And this was unsolicited. <laughs> Every single time she always says, why haven't you been to see me for so long? I say, I, I come to see you. You're not always available. Um, but it's it's just, it's all, um, it's so real. She knows that's where we meet. Um, but it's a way station. Uh, so anything that would represent this halfway mark, um, for those who've had near-death experiences, they will also come to a point where you're sent back. When I had a near-death experience, I went. I actually arrived at a place where there were gates, and I wanted to go over the gates. But some people, they will be sent back by relatives to say, but you'll know. You'll always know thus far and no further, otherwise you can't come back. And we can work with this in the dream state because we are out of our physical bodies when we sleep in any case. The astral body just journeys far and wide. I I am amongst those who has experienced. You know, I experienced that very, very um, in a concrete fashion. In fact, it became problematic because <laughs> I didn't want to be going out of my body as soon as I lay down every night. But for everybody else, they don't need to be scared. They need to know you put your protective measures in place. For those of us who are mediums, we will pray and we have our gatekeepers, so we're going to just keep the jargon out of it. But we need to have, to make sure that we're safe. And so if you do a prayer before bed and then you say to your loved one, um, I'm going to meet you there, that will be sufficient and um, there's no there's no need to fear. You're not going to encounter anything um, negative in the way and it can become very vivid. So it's like a muscle. You work that muscle, it becomes um, more, u- more utilizable. <laughs> yeah. And the same for those on the other side. They need to learn
0: too. Well, that's, yes, that's it. I I know we live in a time where people want everything right away. So my advice to people is keep with it. You know, our loved ones, just because they transition, do not have all the knowledge of all of the universe. So in the beginning, you may not remember your dreams, But just like when you go to bed at night and you have an important question that you're looking for the answer to, sometimes you wake up with it. You keep asking that question and your soul might answer that question. But I think the same thing holds true, right? Practice. Because I don't remember my dreams quite often. And it's literally been very rare that I feel like I've had a dream visitation with a loved one. Hmm.
1: So maybe you can try this method. One thing I will say about a a very interesting and tragic was it was very hard, very sad thing. I had two very diligent students and they were husband and wife. And they passed on tragically. And their daughter came to see me. And because they had studied so much, they were able to give incredibly detailed information right down to where to go find certain documents and um at night they used to make my my child's um top spin and all sorts of things. I said, okay, <laughs> um, I hear you, but also you, I know that you're advanced and I, I can't I can't talk to you all the time. But they basically they were like really with it. And so this is a very strong message to people. It is incredibly worth. Working on your so-called spirituality—we're all spiritual beings by default—but that information is the only thing you can take with you. That's evolution. You can't take your house. You can't take your car. We all go into the same coffin or or size of box. That's you know what's the true rich riches. What you take through with you is what you've learned. Is not one wasted moment. When you are studying about spirituality or blending with spirit, which really, in its simplest form, means heightening your vibration until you can actually hear them. They need, you know, they need things to be still, and um, so we, we can actually hear each other. I that is the one luxury I do not have, since I well, so whenever as far back as I can remember, that static has always been there. I will walk down the street. I'm aware of whose spirit is walking next to the next person. I'm aware of the auras around everybody. Um, So all I can do is choose when to home in or not. And if I have a migraine, not to go (laughs) into a shopping center because it's like blaring lights and, um, and I can see what's going on with each person. I can feel it. I'm an empath as well. And that includes, you know, feeling and seeing their medical problems. But... For everybody else, you don't have to have that the whole time, but you can choose to learn to turn up the volume. So with me, I keep on trying to turn down the volume. You've got to turn up the volume. And every single person has got a little bit more of a talent in one area or another. One person might be more clairvoyant. Another one might be more clairsentient, clairalien. We are all the clairs. (laughs) So some may be very, you know, very clairvoyant. There are exercises for all of that. That's another thing I'm a stickler about is that there is technology. So I'm a stickler for methodology. Somebody comes to me to learn psychic development or, you know, I say, okay, look, there's an ABC method. If this is true, it's like when you switch on a light, if there's electricity, of course, it's going to go on. So test it out. And spirit, um, it's not... I'm not welcoming those tests. People saying, hmm, you know, where they come to you and they try, they try to trick you. Thank God that doesn't happen often. Not that test, though, because if you go to medium and you're completely closed off, and what are you going to expect to receive? Spirit is, I'm um, going to find it difficult to communicate, and um, you're blocking it off. So definitely not that kind of test. But um, speak to to spirit and. Um, and um, and it's and it's these tests and it's st- faith is faith doesn't have to be blind. Um, I always say God didn't create us with the brains the size of chickens, although they've actually been shown to be quite intelligent. You know?
0: <laughs> yes, they um, have.
1: But, but basically, we've been to question. So for me, faith is God in action. There's nobody who doesn't have a crisis of faith, and particularly when you lose a child. You you know when you speak about the losses, that is the hardest thing in the world to even countenance and or a parent changes you forever so this so you'll have a crisis of faith um, and you start learning that faith is God in action and the other thing I want to say to people is that God didn't cause your loved one to die this is the other radical thing God weeps with us and, um, you know, when my, when my one daughter was um, seven, she said, you know, mommy, genes are the Play-Doh of God. <laughs> so <laughs> she's, she's now much older. Um, and I thought, hmm, okay. But then what I actually realized is, you know what, we are only flesh and blood and, and we take the gamble. We choose our parents. But we know before we're born, we, we choose our parents, that it can go either way. It could work out um, badly. We could have have an illness. Um, Our parents, or in the best case scenario, we'll have both loving parents. But either way, we're going to learn what we need to in life. But that part of the equation is not necessarily God punishing or rewarding.
0: Right. I, I know that everything that happens is a learning experience. And I know for many of us, it's our darkest moments that actually set us sailing in the world of spirituality and you know like you say about everyone has a, a a talent of some sort you know people want to learn the piano it can take practice 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 and they can be great i know there's people that are that have it naturally as well i think a lot of times belinda people discount what they're seeing in their imagination And brushing it off or if they smell a cologne or an apple pie that maybe their mom made they they put it aside I know you've dealt with skeptics I know you have but how how do we deal with our skeptical mind that really wants to believe but oh I don't know this sounds too good to be true
1: very, very important point. And I'm I would say to you, it feels like jumping off a cliff to remember that the imagination is the gift we were given as children. We didn't analyze the whole time, is this true or not? We just loved it. We you know, and and we trusted it and we forget ourselves. When a baby is born, I see a baby as having a blue aura, and then I see it being scribbled on by experience over the years. So we need to return to that form and it's a matter, I will say to people, you know what, you must just trust your own narrative. Start writing down what you think. And suddenly you're going to see, hang on, this isn't um, actually my narrative. There's, I, I I, wasn't even really thinking those things. I don't even know how I imagined that. And to take it further, say, okay, I'm going to act as if this is true. Okay, so I'm smelling the cologne, my Yes, that does smell like my grandfather's cologne. Hi, granddad. If you're here, I'm so happy to have you here. Role play as if. Take it further because this brings the spirit closer to us. Maybe then go light a candle for him. Um, Invite him in. And they say, if it is you, what do you want me to know? And then sit in the silence. Take your pen and write down whatever happens. They're exercises for all of these things. And eventually you can differentiate between what is so called imagination or not. Because truly, imagination is a tool, it's not an absolute. And people mustn't be scared. I know it feels scary, and we're all scared to oh, make a mistake or be wrong. But, you know, do the bungee jumping. Well, I won't be doing physical bungee jumping. Thank you. But it feels like that. Take that leap of faith. And as I said, faith is God in action. You will be rewarded. You know, those smells are so priceless. There are people who, um, and in my place, um, spirit always fiddles with the kettle. And if people come for a sitting, often um, I'll I'll wait for the kettle to be switched on and off. I'll say, look, there they are. They're emphasizing that point. So sometimes um, you'll have these idiosyncrasies where they actually do things. And other times there's an accompanying smell and especially if it gets, if it's out of totally out of context. Take, go with it. Go with whatever's given to you. If you see a feather floating down, say thank you for the message. Just open yourself up. They will do the rest. Just open up and imagine you're watching a movie. That also helps with this um, imagination problem.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's so and important. place itself. So important. Sorry to interrupt. What we set our eyes on, because. If we look for negative, we'll find negative. If we look for positive, we'll find positive. And we sometimes really need to pluck the negative thoughts out of our mind. I think it's just human how we think. But I I often tell the story if we want to go on vacation to a tropical place or say it's Hawaii, we start noticing things like Hawaiian Mm -hmm. shirts or if Jimmy Buffett's playing Margaritaville, it's like, oh, I'm going. (laughs) But when we start looking for signs and asking for signs and being in conversation with our loved one, acting as if, I think Jeez. it's, I think we will, we will pay more attention and notice things and, and really start believing that it is them. I think our loved ones um, are in a place where there's no time and space. So they're not really sitting grieving for us because Mm. they know in a blink of an eye we'll be together again, but here it can be so difficult. They want us to be happy. Can you just talk about while we're here on earth, your beliefs about living life fully and Mm. yeah. And what's important while we're here.
1: What's so um, interesting is for me, um, so-called death and life are the two sides of the one coin. I've experienced um, some intense Episodes of ill health in my life. And the most valuable thing for me is living every single day as if it is my last. I think when people haven't come face to face with mortality, they don't squeeze the juice out of life. You don't have to travel all over the world, but being in the here and now and finding joy is the most important thing. I say happiness is cheap, happiness is nothing. You know, one can go through life and say, um, yeah, I'm happy, but what's that? But if your life is challenging to go outside, to look at the different colors of green, to look at a rose and find joy in that moment, it's priceless, it's like a diamond, it's like imbibing the nectar. And that is what we have to do. Do whatever you can with the moment that you have. There's always something that you can do. If you have no money, then go and give a smile to somebody or um, encouraging whatsapp but my advice is to give to keep the cycle going in life if we give the universe a sign of constipation you'll get cosmic constipation ouch so I, <laughs> you know so basically we don't want things to stop right you know so we want we want the, everything to flow and then the universe um, will will take over for us in that way. And then one can do um, visualizations and manifestations. But on a very basic level, look for the joy in every situation, even when it is incredibly, incredibly grim. I wanted to also speak to about what you said about those on the other side. No, they can't feel our grief. Again, throughout all of the encounters, what has been a constant that every spirit has said to me is that they kind of get a what they call a spiritual anesthetic, so they can't they can't feel. And I think that is the mercy that is given on the other side. They can observe our grief, but they can't um, feel it. What is frustrating is when people are non-believers here on Earth, and they think it's a terrible thing to um, make contact with those. You know, let them lie and rest in peace. When you get the other side. What do you want to rest in peace for? You want to say hi. I'm here. I arrived safely, um, and then it's like they're knocking on the window, locking, knocking on the door. Nobody wants to listen. Then I have to have these hitchhikers or piggybackers on my sessions, which are, you know, all mediums' experience. Where suddenly some will come in because they can't speak to their own relatives and they have to send a message through somebody else. So um, this openness to spirit is incredible, incredibly important. But they don't suffer the pain and the angst. If anything, as, uh, you know, uh, it'll be the frustration, but they don't give in to that. Um, if someone wants to get a message to someone, they'll find a way. And it'll be via the via, but they will get a message to their loved ones.
0: Oh, that's great. You know, I'm thinking about religion and you being a rabbi, have you faced any difficulty about talking to the dead? I know for yes. me, I've had... People pray for me that this is not God's work, it's not in the Bible. Um, and I say it is, you know, but what yes. what are you what have you been up against as far as religion goes? Right.
1: That's very a very important question. I'm um, so besides the fundamentalists who tried to assassinate me, and I literally had to have bodyguards for a couple of months after that, that wasn't so exciting, but with, within my own religion. Um, again there's fundamentalism and um, I once faced a panel of rabbis um, in a forum that was um, you know chaired by um, a, a radio personality but there were a couple of thousand people there and they said this is this, this in the bible and the witch in the indoor you know and it's all cherry picking they choose certain parts and I said no what it was—that's this verse that is always quoted to us—is showing Samuel's um, lack of faith in so-called, um, literally calling the person up. It's not that there was no wrongdoing, and um, there have always been people throughout history who have been able to communicate with those who passed on. And they once said, "Oh, there's a spirit of impurity on you." I, I said, "But this is how God made me. I've always been able." to speak to those who passed over. And um, so you say, you know, it's like saying, are you saying God's wrong? And it, you know, when you're younger and you're more vulnerable, um, you're always defending. In the end, I decided to rather live in the paradox. I absolutely um, love my um, Jewish mystical path. And at the same time, I absolutely see spirit, and I have a very special relationship with God, which I, like, I want to build on, and this way enables me to. So I'm I'm content to live in the paradox. But traditional fundamentalist um, uh, you know, religious views are from every of every persuasion are always going to. Um, make it life hard for us if we allow them to. I've been called Lucifer's bride.
0: <laughs> Lovely. I've had
1: plenty of people praying for me. I've had to um, get restraining orders. I've been stalked. At the end of the day, you have got to live your truth. And for me, the, the thought that there would have even be one message that I didn't deliver, a soul really needed to give to their loved ones, to give that comfort. You know what? It's worth all the risk because the work is that important. There are not enough of us in this world who are there to give that unique comfort. And so I, I very much I embrace uh, my identity, and I don't believe any um, fundamentalists can remove that from me, even within my own tradition. And I found a way of um, living comfortably with those sides of myself and no longer, um, and I, well, I've never apologized. For being like that, but you will we'll always have people praying for us well, but the one thing they'll not succeed in doing is praying it away because for me, um, the truth is the the truth, and I've never seen us as living in one dimension mm, I think and it's, it's not yeah it's you know it's at my father's house has many mansions now we are busy <laughs> cross traditions crossing traditions, mm-hmm. but it is so
0: I think it's and important Not one room. I agree for us to go on that spiritual journey. I had someone send me an email and they wanted to know in that email everything I knew that could convince them of the afterlife. And of course, that's impossible. So I think for each one of us, whatever it was that cracked us open, that has us listening or watching today, it's important to go on that journey, do your own research, listen, experiment. Have your own inner compass, because there may be things that I say or Belinda says that I don't know about that. That's okay. Find your own truth. Have your own experiences. No one can take those away from you. And don't make the mistake I did. There was a certain point, Belinda, that I was so excited about this. I had to share with everybody, whether they believed or not. And mm. it was hard because mm. there's no convincing people that aren't open.
1: Absolutely,
0: right? Do you have any words on that? Because I know so many people want their loved ones mm. to also believe, and a lot of people look us as, look at us funny for believing mm. in this, and they think we're the crazy ones.
1: Certainly, and you know, um, at heart, South Africa is still a very conservative country. But we have an amazing constitution, and uh, the new constitution really enshr- enshrines freedom of religion. And we also have a very, very rich ancestral practice, pre-colonial really? um, era, and that has just, thank God, uh, subsisted, um, where um, people are gomas. Um, I don't like that word witch doctors and nor would my compatriots in South Africa, but that would be more, maybe more um, kind of understandable to some people overseas. Sangomas, um, So I've always been there to be like shamans, to bridge the dimensions and there are practicing Sangormas in South Africa. And there are many, many people here who go to sangomas. So in South Africa, um, I think that is one of the reasons I feel very privileged to be here because there are those who understand that you can work with the ancestors, and I am very, very aware that I choose to stay away from the the conservative um, part. I have never been able to be fully protected because of all of my radio work, you know, and and TV work, and being in the public eye. So I haven't enjoyed it, but I. I that protection, but now I am where I can be selective. I am certainly selective, and I like to surround myself by like-minded thinkers. It is just such bliss, and the internet has certainly facilitated that. And this is how I found you in this COVID period, and so many other medium, your know, mediumistic groups as well overseas. So, so that is uh, very important. But please do protect yourselves, because there's, you will never succeed in arguing against a fundamentalist. They have to experience for themselves, and every soul has its own journey. So I'm not going to prescribe to them when it's going to happen for them. It's not my right. They can judge us, but um, there's no um, merit, um, and it's a waste of time in in trying to say to them, oh, you're a young soul, you know, (laughs) you're just not going to get it in this lifetime. We might be thinking of that, but rather, yeah, back, back away wherever possible.
0: We'll Absolutely! Oh my gosh. I think this COVID time as, as tough as it's been health wise and globally, I think on behalf of the spirit world, it's helped a lot of people find meaning in their life, uh, slow down enough to start paying attention to some of these signs, also get involved, listen to radio shows, read some good books, find some good people. So I think um, we may not see it openly, but it's kind of like so many seeds have been planted under the dark earth and the right sunlight and the right fertilizer and the rain has been going in. And there's a ton of spiritual growth that's happening right now. I I do believe that. And so while COVID-19 could be on one hand, one of the worst things to happen On the other side, the difference that it's made for people uh, just to have some time in our space up here has really made a difference. So I thank everybody who's watching or listening right now for taking the time to work on you and think about you. So Belinda, we have a few minutes left. Is there anything I haven't asked you? I know there's decades of information you could share, (laughs) but if you could tap into that psychic soul of yours and if there's any any last things you wanted to share plus we want to talk about your website and give details how to find you
1: (laughs) thank you so i i think that just to start where you are and to see what excites you i want to say to you that um spiritual studies mustn't be boring religion um has very much put people into boxes and they think that things should be painful and you know God forbid we are kind of joyful about it, but you must study what excites you. I offer many courses, whether it's in angelology or energy transfusion healing um, or becoming a certified clairvoyant, et cetera. And there are plenty of others that are now also available in this time. But do what excites you. If you're not excited when you look at your tarot cards or um, at your course, you're doing the wrong one. And if you're not getting any results, you're in the wrong place. Because every single one of us is spiritual. You are in a meat bag. This is a meat bag. You're an animated meat bag. And your spirit is driving it. How amazing is that? As you said, we're pure energy. Um, And and this flesh is, is being driven by that. So you're already spiritual, whether you want to be or not. So now use it in a way you will not tap into it if you go about this in a very, very, very serious fashion. Um, uh, you that joy is the ignition point. For That very first ignition point sometimes is, as I said before, the grief. But if we are now speaking about the um, additional study, it's that joy and anticipation. I'd say to you also be very aware of those energies of anticipation and dread. Another thing is that both of those are two sides of the coin. So rather anticipate than dread and anticipate all good things and invest in your spirituality. It's an exchange of energy, and you're going to find that your uniqueness really, really, you're like a diamond, you will shine. Um, And don't despair if you don't fit into what you think, um, whatever preconceptions you have about um, being psychic, whatever. You don't have to be a medium you care, you know, but the, pursue what turns you on. It must turn you on spiritually, and you will be turning up your volume, heightening your vibration, however you want to put it, and a whole new world awaits, and a lot of comfort. I always say thank you very much to my guides because I would never, ever have made it to this point, and I say that um, 100%, <laughs> honestly, without their help. So. Excel accept help from wherever you can and we've got it abundantly. So if you want to, um, I would think you would want to get to know your spirit guides because they are an invaluable resource and they just give with such love.
0: It's nice to know that we are surrounded by love. We might not see it, but we are. And I really love how you say that we have to find what lights us up and go after that joy. And I know you and I met because you've attended our Sunday gathering. And I know we, uh, we're recording this now on a Monday, but we had our Sunday gathering yesterday. And even for myself with 25 years invested in researching the afterlife, it is human to get caught up in our own mind with our own stress, with our thoughts of the past or worries about the future. It is so important to have something to look forward to. Like I said, whether it's listening to an episode of a show or being in a class, or like I said, we have our free Sunday gathering. Yesterday, for me, we were talking about mountains and nature and climbing those mountains in our life. And it was so inspirational, with of course a medium demonstration in each one. But I can't go a week, mm-hmm. it never happens, being in a down mode or forgetting the bigger picture without being part of something. So if anybody's interested, we, we offer that. It's all, anyways, I'll tell you more I about love that.
1: those Sunday evenings. They're so Perfect. beautiful. And the imagery last night was incredible. So it made me feel like I, yeah. could, I was in Scotland on the Scottish Highlands. It it's just
0: was. uplifting,
1: it's this upliftment of, it. the, of the spirit. Is,
0: and is we, amazing. we need to be part of a community just by basis of being human. And it's so difficult sometimes, especially some of us are alone. And how do we do that? And for right now, we can certainly do it online. There are people that care and people that love you. So Belinda, what is your website and how's the best way people can get in touch with you?
1: Thank you. So it's www.belindasilbert.co.za. And then my very active Facebook page is Belinda Metlitsky Silbert page. That's the public one that you can find me on. And as I said, it is very active. Or you can WhatsApp me. Um, This is the international code 2782-787-5105. And that's the easiest platform um, to to, um, book if you would like to have a personal consultation with me or inquire about the courses. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being our guest today. And for our listeners or viewers Keep forgetting we're filming this. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, there's some really great upcoming things that we have. Of course, you might be listening to this five years in the future, so I won't go through them specifically. But our home base is we don't die.com, and there are over 400 episodes between this show and the new show, Shades of the Afterlife. There's so much more there. We have a wonderful Facebook group. And you can belong and share and meet people from all over the world and talk about this. You know, the things that join us are the talk about the afterlife and signs and also grief, because we know firsthand, as does Belinda, the pain of grief. And, and we want to give you every bit of help to get through that. At we don't die.com. If you scroll down to the bottom, it says join Santa's Insiders Club. That's just a snazzy way of saying my e- email list my newsletter. And when you do, It says you get a few free copies of my book, uh, free chapters of my book. It's really the whole book, We Don't Die A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. I know from emails from people and phone calls that reading it, getting some information about the grieving process is is the thing that's given them their life back. So I don't want money to be between you and having this great information. We always have upcoming medium demonstrations. There's all kinds of courses to support you and your soul on your soul's journey, psychic, medium, trance, all kinds of great things. uh, And lots of replays that you can look at too. So thank you for that. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain and it is always my sincere pleasure to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul. And like Belinda said, your life here on earth is so important. I love that she says, find the joy, find what lights you up, and also make your life about service. I think every single one of us has experienced when we give to another we get something back in return. And I don't necessarily mean a gift. It's just being there for someone. You, my friend, has have walked a path very unique to you. You are one of a kind. You are special. You are loved. If you could see the surrounding people that are cheering you on in this life, you would be amazed. But it does take a quiet mind and maybe that dream practice to try to tap into that. But whether you can or whether you can't, it is very, very real and you are very, very loved. So again, our home base is wedontdie.com. I really want to thank you for listening or for viewing and we'll see you soon.